Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I do want to focus on this uh, disturbing story. Uh, CBC first reported it today, and uh, the Justice Minister held a news conference to address all of this. The report involves a 28-year-old woman, uh, who, by the way, was uh, later killed in an unrelated shooting. Uh, but this is a woman who was uh, victimized in a brutal uh, rape and attack. But she was forced to spend five nights at the Edmonton Remand Center during her testimony at a 2015 preliminary hearing while the man who attacked her was there as well. Reports says the woman had trouble focusing and answering questions, so the judge agreed with the Crown Prosecutor's request to have her spend the weekend in the center out of concern for her physical and mental state. So she was kept at the Remand Center... Uh, At one point, she was in the same prison transfer van as her attacker. She was forced to testify in court while shackled and handcuffed. I mean, it's just mind-boggling that that would happen. Now, by the way, this individual, 59-year-old Lance Blanchard, was found guilty back in December of dragging this woman into his apartment, sexually assaulting her at knife point, stabbing her in the hand. The Crown is pushing for a dangerous offender designation. He's not yet been sentenced. This guy has a criminal record going back to 1975, over 40 years ago. A really disturbing case at so many levels. Now, just before I get our guest on there, I want to play for you some of what the Justice Minister Kathleen Ganley had to say about all of this earlier today. The facts of this case are disturbing and tragic. And when you add in the treatment of the victim in the system, they are almost incomprehensible. What is clear is that both policies and people failed in this case. We failed this young woman in multiple ways, as our system continues to fail many survivors of sexual assault. To those survivors, and to the young woman who tragically cannot be here to hear these words, I'm sorry. We can and we must do better. Those are the words I delivered to her mother when I met with her last week. And those are the words I will continue to deliver as we work to bring much needed improvements to our justice system. The stories I have heard from survivors and the stories about this specific woman are of bravery, tenacity, and perseverance. They are also stories of pain, struggle, and tragedy. No two stories are the same. No two survivors will have the same challenges, but all survivors deserve better. First and foremost, I want to assure that a case like this never happens again. I've hired Roberta Campbell to investigate this incident. She's a longtime criminal lawyer and outgoing president of the Manitoba Law Society. She will provide an outside review of the policies, 
programs and human resources decisions associated with this case. This case makes it clear we have a substantial policy gap, which is why I've convened a special committee to review the policies in place for incidents like this. Okay, so that from Kathleen Ganley, Justice Minister for the Province of Alberta today. They have launched this independent investigation. She says a failure at pretty much every level. Well, joining us for some further thoughts on all of this, Kathleen Mahoney joins us, a Calgary lawyer, law professor at the University of Calgary. Kathleen, thank you for joining us here today. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Um, have you ever heard anything like this? Uh, it is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I'm just outraged yeah. by what went on here at every level. <clears throat> At the level of the courtroom, I mean, what was the prosecutor thinking in terms of finding a safe place for this woman? What was the judge thinking in ordering her to remand? And for heaven's sakes, what were the prison officials thinking in putting her in the same transportation as the person who assaulted her? It's just unbelievable at every level that this could happen. Right. I mean, and you know, the thing is, even at the time in December when this individual was convicted, uh, the judge noted a lot of this. Uh, the judgment reads, quote, her treatment by the justice system in this respect was appalling. She is owed an apology. Unfortunately, none can be extended to her mm-hmm. as she was tragically shot and killed in an unrelated incident. So uh, that this is just coming to light. Uh, that That's disturbing, too. Well, that's right. I mean, I can't figure out why there wasn't outrage expressed at the time uh who was defending this woman what was the crown saying i mean the crown or will they represent the government in these situations should have a duty of care to the uh victim as well and for them to be a party to this uh, just strikes me as completely outrageous that and to have her in the courtroom in shackles and handcuffs is also just so incredibly unbelievable that all of these things could happen and, and people seemingly normal people in the courtroom watching this uh, and the judge not immediately acting or the crown not immediately acting. I don't know, you know, all of the facts. I know what you told uh, me and I know what uh, the, uh, the justice minister has said and whether there were other extenuating circumstances, but even if they were, nothing would excuse this kind of treatment. Absolutely nothing. I mean, my opinion, she should have been sent to a safe place, a shelter, a women's shelter, perhaps, or even a hotel with uh, with some kind of health support with her. Um, but to send her to remand and then to bring her before the court as a victim in shackles is just incredible. Right. And so people understand here, right? This is not, she wasn't being held for some unrelated charge. She wasn't arrested. Not, there was nothing. She was being detained. Well, I yeah. guess because when she was supposed to testify, she was falling asleep. Right. She had trouble focusing. Right. And, and you know, when you're homeless and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, I mean, that's a very common, I would think, way to present physically is uh, tired and exhausted and, and all of that. So, it doesn't sound like she was out of control by any stretch or in any way would require restraints. The, the, the tape that they played on the radio this morning, she sounded like a woman fully in control of her faculties and asking to be released from this these shackles. And I, I just shake my head. I, I just can't get my head around this. Right. Now, I mean, at, at some level, obviously, then, if, if, 
you know, this woman's testimony is is important to the case, right? You, you need it's her critical. in court. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's critical to to explain what happened to her, what she went through. I, I get that there's going to be a concern if she's unable to to testify, or maybe worried if she's even going to show up at all. This doesn't seem like the way to address that, though. Well, the public interest, I, I suppose, it just took a crazy turn here. Maybe the judge thought in the Crown that it was in the public interest to punish this woman in this way, uh, because if there was a fear she wouldn't testify, the guy would not, not be convicted. But there's no explanation of that kind being offered, uh, that, uh, you know, there was a fear she would flee or anything like that. It, the fact that she was unfocused and... Um, you know, not not uh, answering the questions clearly is not a reason to incarcerate someone ever. I mean, if you go into any courtroom today downtown, that you will find people unfocused and exhausted and not being able to articulate very well. That's very, very common, and especially when people are nervous and in an atmosphere and an environment they're not accustomed to. But what is so this? So I can't yeah. think of any possible reason to justify this any at this behavior at any stage of the proceedings. But there is a provision that, that allows this. Now, the minister today said that any prosecutor who wants to use that per, uh, provision must get direct permission to do so. So what, what does the criminal code allow? Well, the criminal code, does, in my opinion, does not allow this. The criminal oh, okay. a, a code allows cases of a much more severe nature. Uh, but there was, so far, I haven't heard any evidence that this woman was refusing to testify or if she was not not uh, she was in danger of not showing up there's no evidence of that that's been presented in these explanations so in other words the criminal code permission for this kind of thing did not exist in this case it seems to me now that this um is getting the attention that that it certainly deserves um i mean are we, are we optimistic going forward that this kind of thing won't happen again well, I, I, I have no doubt that the justice minister was sincere. Um, I think she's, she's, she was equally shocked as anybody would be. And uh, I would hope that she would immediately put into place provisions that would protect any future victim from being treated in such a, an outrageous manner. I think people should lose their jobs over this? Oh, of course they should. Of course they should. Whether they will, maybe, is that a, another question? Well, I would think that would be something that's being investigated at the moment. Uh, there is mm -hmm. an investigation going on, and uh, I would hope that the roles of the various players here would be very closely scrutinized. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see what comes of all of this. Very disturbing mm -hmm. case. Uh, Professor Mahoney, thanks for your input. Appreciate this. Thank you. All right, bye take bye. care. Kathleen Mahoney, uh, Professor of Law at the University of Calgary. Her thoughts. Uh, on this this uh, awful situation. So, by the way, and just going back for a moment, here's a story from April about this guy. So, I mean, this this case was already public. So that that's why it's very odd to me. And, and granted, CBC was first to report this as an exclusive. Their reporter Janice Johnson had tweeted last night that uh, she's going to be breaking a story tomorrow that she'd been working two months on. But the story was all public. And some of these elements about what the victim went through, this was part of the ruling that came down in December that found this guy guilty. Justice Eric Macklin wrote in his judgment, quote, her treatment by the justice system in this respect was appalling. So not to take away from, from the reporter's work here, but why, why are we just now hearing about this? So he was found guilty in December. Here's a story from April from Post Media.
A 45-day hearing to determine the fate of a man with a long history of violent and sexual offenses began Monday with an adjournment. Lance Blanchard, 59, was found guilty in December of dragging a 27-year-old woman into his apartment, sexually assaulting her at knife point, and stabbing her in the hand as she defended herself. Crown Prosecutor Patricia Innes is seeking to have Blanchard declared a dangerous offender. However, before hearing that application, Court of Queen's Bench Justice Eric Macklin will hear arguments from Blanchard's lawyer Tom Engel for a stay of proceedings or a sentence reduction. Engel plans to present evidence about the way Blanchard was treated while being held at the Edmonton Remand Center. Blanchard and nine other inmates are expected to give evidence about poor living conditions at the facility. So another reason to get frustrated about this case. This is how troubling this whole thing is. Listen to this. Blanchard's criminal record dates back to 1975 when he was convicted of sexually assaulting a mentally disabled child. While out of mandatory supervision in 1978, Blanchard forced a 13-year-old girl into a vehicle at knife point, threatening to rape her, but released her unharmed. That same year, Blanchard took a prison guard hostage with a homemade weapon and assaulted another guard. He beat a fellow inmate to death while being held in a special handling unit in Quebec in 1983. He was handed an 18-year sentence for manslaughter. He served a total of 34 years for the homicide conviction and other sexual assault and violence charges in a maximum security unit in the Saskatchewan Penitentiary. When Blanchard was released in 2013, Edmonton police issued a public warning that he would be moving downtown and said they believed he posed a significant risk of harm to the community. Sure enough, the woman who was homeless at the time of the attack was sleeping in a stairwell in Blanchard's building when he dragged her into his apartment and attacked. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.